0: What that, is, Holman? that would be the glorious
1: sounds of our first guest well not him himself but his, <laughs> no. his vehicle
0: it would be an odd sound coming out of him <laughs> yeah yes von gittin jr say what right that was him at king of the hammers
1: yeah that thing's pretty badass i uh, think he'll uh, talk about koh i hope so how about drifting I would assume so. How about taking a raptor sideways around Nürburgring? We <laughs> – you had a tough time saying that. Nürburgring. <laughs> say it with me. Nürburgring. I always want to say Ring for some reason. No, I don't know why I always well, add syllables to
0: it. Nürnberg is where they right. – uh, yeah. They that's did, not how – They did but, bad things in World right, War II. I know, yes. and
1: that's in my mind. that I should not associate that with Germany. No. But, but that's what's in my mind when I say <laughs> Nürburgring. Nürburgring. So Exactly. Anyway
0: yeah we're we got I don't know we we need some time do we have him for at least an hour i hope uh, I think so yeah he uh he
1: actually asked us to uh come on the show there's, all right, he had his people reach I out. I was going to say, that didn't happen. <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, no, we uh, we chatted about it at SEMA, and I'm glad we were able to make it happen, because uh, I've been looking forward to getting him on the show for uh, for a while now. He's a legit celebrity. Do you think we're going to talk about his uh, RTR line of uh, turnkey
0: vehicles? I think he'd be upset if we didn't. All right, well, then uh, add that to the agenda. Okay, I have a long <laughs> list. Let me see here. Yep, it's on my list. Okay, RTR, right there. <laughs> Listen, I, I just want to get to Vaughn, All right, so we got Nissan, we have Decton, and we have Anova. And it's time to start the show. No, 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 no. What? Yeah, what? Yeah, what? No,
1: no, it doesn't. We can't do that. You can't?
0: No, when people have your back, you have their back back. Their back back? <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So uh, we got to thank Nissan for being our presenting sponsor. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, the best in the business on the Titan and the Titan XD. And you can't
1: forget about the Frontier. In fact, we are going to have a uh, Nissan engineer... On the show as well to talk about the all-new 3.8-liter dual overhead cam and 9-speed combo in the 2020 Frontier. Also, the same powertrain from the 2021 Frontier that's coming up. So that'll be pretty cool. I did not... Wait a minute. Hold on. Are we breaking news? Uh, Yeah. I think we're going to break some news on the show. I did not see that on the schedule. I know. I have to keep things from you. <laughs> what? <laughs> when did you talk to someone at Nissan? Well, you were working. And so I made it happen and uh, did a recording off my computer... And uh, so we have it. But you're not tech savvy. I, well, but I, it, it's probably going to be is awful. Garb- <laughs> I was gonna say, it's going to be
0: garbled. Just, uh, just... <laughs> uh,
1: actually, because it went through my computer, I couldn't figure out how to turn off my ding, so you'll hear all my emails. during the, <laughs> it was in the middle of the day, but uh, but we got some great information coming from Nissan. So anyway, if you're interested in a Titan, Titan XD, a Frontier, head on over to your Nissan dealer at nissanusa.com. Turn off
0: your computer already. It is you doing that? It, it is, is not. not I have nothing to do with it. My email
1: beep sounds way different than your ding. <laughs> does it now? It does. Okay. It does. All right. Um. Decked, super excited. We have a little project
0: we're doing with uh, with Greg over at Decked, and we can't talk about it yet, right? N- uh, well, no, it's uh, well, yeah, sure, we can. We're going to be interviewed okay. by Decked. Uh, why would they do that? I don't know. Okay, I got the request just like you did. Like, hey, we want to interview you, and he just signed up for another year with us as well. So I'm so going to so do whatever he wants us to and do. Nissan deck, you know hey,
1: <laughs> it's going to be. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm all over it. All right. By the way. I pitched him something today, I, which I can't tell you about. Well, I have something to tell you about that I can't tell you until after we do the intro. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I'm not. We're not there yet. It's going to be exciting. Okay. It's going to be cool. Com. Head over there. Check out uh, a very, very awesome storage solution for your truck or van. And if you just want to hang out with cool people.
0: Oh, really? Just because they're cool people at Decked? Yeah. They make a great product, and they're uh, awesome to hang with. So, do you think our friends over at DAC drive around with check engine lights on their trucks? No, because they got drawers full of Inova Scan tools. <laughs> drawers full <laughs> of drawers. Of them. Full oh, really? <laughs> you only need
1: one, dude. Yeah, but you gotta, uh, you
0: know, you gotta have some for your friends. You need like one per household. They're powerful. They don't care what they're plugged into. As long as the vehicle has an OBD port, they'll read all the codes. And if there's a check engine light or something else beeping at you on your dash. They'll tell you what it means and how to fix it based on based on an entire database supplied to them by mechanics and other users. You know, it's like having an automotive technician in your toolbox. I read that too. I'm dying to know what you're hiding from me, dude. But first, let's start the show! The truck show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. All right, Holman, this is. Will you come clean? You tell me what you've been hiding. Hey, did you know this is episode 117? Uh, this is 117, is it really? Yeah, That's freaking stupid. <laughs> Every time we say that, it's crazy. It's
1: ridiculous. I, we'll be saying
0: this to 200. I know we will. No, we're still doing it well, at I would hope
1: so. I mean, we've got sponsors for the next 50 episodes. Oh, that's good. So we'll that's be inspiring. around at least that long, right? Yeah,
0: well, I hope so, yeah. yeah I hope so, too. Uh, did you see
1: that vehicle I drove up in today? The Gladiator. Yes, I did. So it's the Moparized Gladiator. It's basically the entire Mopar catalog on one vehicle. But would you uh, happen to know? I lifted up the tonneau cover in the back, and sure as the sun rises in the east, there was a Mopar deck system in the back. Are you serious? Yes. Wait a minute. This is co-branded? Yeah. Well, this is, so we talked about this with Greg when the Gladiator came out that they were working with Jeep because if you remember, the Gladiators at the auto show had deck systems in the back. I recall. And they were doing a deal where you could buy the deck system through your Mopar or your Jeep dealer. Mm-hmm. And so this is the first one that I've seen, the production one, in an actual vehicle. And how do you like it? I mean, it's a deck system. It's no, awesome. but I mean, did it's you- like did, a
0: But did you play with it? Did Absolutely. you open the drawers and all stuff? Yeah, okay. I was
1: slamming drawers and- moving things around and so I just thought it was cool because yeah. I basically uh, they dropped the vehicle off and I'm going to be testing that for the, for the week and uh, I just wanted to see uh, my last Gladiator I had by the way we've got a review coming up in a couple episodes of the new Gladiator Mojave as well. Okay. And How is
0: the Mojave different? can you i mean don't give away
1: your whole review but is it uh the mojave is like a toyota trd pro or chevy colorado zr2 it's like the go fast okay. version right so that's big shocks and hydraulic jounce bumpers in the front and it's it's awesome but we'll save that for an upcoming episode because we have the chief engineer coming on to talk about it oh nice so that'll be pretty cool okay but my previous tester had a soft tonneau cover on the back and so this had the hard tonneau and i wanted to see how the hard tonneau works so i popped it up
0: and opened it and Sure as heck, there's a deck system sitting right there. Not that I don't want to know more about the Gladiator Mojave edition. I would really like to speak to Vaughn Gitten Jr. So if you'd be so kind, please dial his number. I wonder if he'll pick up. I doubt it. What's going on, man? How you doing? It's Lightning at Home and Holman Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? What's up, man? What's happening? Nice to hear from you, man. We've got a quick intro. Don't move. Yo! The Truck Show! <laughs> Who this? Who the hell is this? A truck show interview you don't wanna miss. We talk to top dogs in the industry. How'd you blow up? How'd you come to be? Who this? Who this? Truck show represent. Truck show represent. <laughs> Who this? Who this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's going on?
0: I think that uh,
1: that intro was fitting. Uh, Lightning and I were just talking about how uh, you and I have done some stuff at SEMA over the past couple years, and we've been trying to get you on the show for a while. And uh, your man Jonathan reached out and said, "Hey." Vaughn wants to come on the show, and Lightning doesn't believe me. He thinks that that was either uh, you were drunk,
0: poor judgment, or, uh, you know, trying to figure out. I definitely do think it's <laughs> poor judgment, but I think it's like, no, there's got to be some PR guy behind it. You know, he's like, this would be a good move, you know? No, it's his own people. <laughs> it's Vaughn. He wants to be a part of the awesomeness of the Truck Show podcast. Or did he find oh, out really? that we have a shared love of Kid Rock and uh, Hall Notes? Oates? But how did you know? <laughs> we have some mutual friends. Uh <laughs> Okay. I'm not sure that we like Hollow uh, Notes, but for this interview, we do.
2: <laughs> There's always a time and place for Hollow Notes. Is I mean, there? I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I, I got to go with Vaughn on this one. I think if we're at a absolutely. bad karaoke bar or something like that, right? Hey, time and place, right? Whatever Time and takes. place. Whatever yeah. Takes. All right. For, <laughs> for
1: those of you who don't know, uh, this is uh, Vaughn Gittin Jr., and uh, he is a professional fun-haver, world champion drifter. Uh, you've probably seen him in the uh, 2020 Monster Energy Ford Mustang RTR Spec 5D race car where he uh, burns a lot of perfectly good rubber for no apparent reason and does really awesome things. No, there's reasons. No, I know. There are good <laughs> reasons. Uh, those tires never did anything to anybody, damn it. Uh, but you may also know him from uh, winning his first Formula Drift title back in 2010, Ace Driver of the Decade title in 2013. More tandem battle victories than any other driver in 10 years of Formula Drift. But while we're talking to him, he uh, crossed over into Ultra 4 racing, finished 2019 King of the Hammers off-road race in the top 10, finished 7th place in the toughest and most difficult 4400 class, 2016 he's also the uh, first ever crossover driver to finish King of the Hammers. This is it, the longest list of accolades ever. 2018
2: wow, I mean, I really did a bunch of research. 2018 <laughs> took
1: the East Coast Championship in Ultra 4 4500 class and he finished 3rd his rookie season in the most competitive 4400 class. So, dude, you just Need a steering wheel and some pedals, and you're you're ready to go. Thanks for I calling in.
2: Factor.
0: We're all done. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs> and of course, oh, man, you may you know about some homework, man. That's I'm right. Impressed. And
1: of course, you do RTR oh, vehicles you. as well, which I don't know if anybody knows that that's
2: your deal as well. Yeah, I'm a I'm a, a busy dream chaser. <laughs>
0: well, okay. So first official question: Does it say "fun haver" on your business card?
2: Um, so I don't, I don't do. Do people still do business cards
0: a lot? You got to have a card just to have Fun Haver on there, right? That's a good idea. Yeah, I probably should. President Fun Haver. I mean, yeah. dude, business cards are like eight bucks. I mean, you might as well make a nice one, right?
2: My phone. When if you don't have my number in your phone, when it calls you, it says Fun Haver.
1: Well, it says that yeah. in my phone now, but he, yeah. he's never called me, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, we need to rewind the clock a little bit. Rewind time. And we've got to find out, how did we get here? How did you get here today, Vaughn? Like, I want to know who Vaughn Gittin Senior is, and I want to know how (laughs) how you, how how did you, what the hell? How did you amass this stardom and this talent? Because I heard you were into, like, IT back in the day, or you were doing some stuff with computers, and then you segued out at a young age, and you're like, I want to be a professional driver. And then here you are today, what the F?
2: (laughs) Well, you want me to just go?
0: Just go, dude, yeah.
2: Uh right, sure. So uh we'll start with my dad since you asked. Um so my dad was like an old school hot rodder, like always in the, you know, uh, you know, 55 Bel Air days and always uh just always tinkering on his stuff when he was growing up and and when I as I was growing up, he was a used car salesman. So he would always bring like cool stuff home, you know, hot rods or, you know, muscle cars he would get from uh, from the auctions or, you know, he'd find a good deal. I mean, he just hustled cars, bought cars, flipped them and things like that. So for me growing up, always around cars, I just like grew an affinity towards them. I mean, I was that kid that like knew the cars by the taillights and headlights. Like, you know, when I was like six
0: years old. Which car or truck did he bring home and then sell that you were bummed about? Like which one did oh, you get gosh. attached to? So,
2: so many. I was, I was, I would be a hoarder. Like I would have been a hoarder. <laughs> But so many, he brought such cool cars home. Like he had a ton of like badass 55 Bel Airs and 57s. Those were his favorite. But like, I remember he had like a sick, like Subaru brat back in the day and his pro street like (laughs) slammed like short bed. And and so, yeah, so, so growing, you know, like at four, I got like this little yard cart and when I would go visit my dad, like I would just remember like just having a time of my life going to this parking lot and just like, blasting down a straight pulling the handbrake like it had a little paddle brake that like forced down on the tires i don't know if you guys know those like old school carts but it, it had like a flat metal pad that when you pulled this lever it would lock the pad on the wheel and it would skid and like i just fell in love with that and so anyway growing up uh just being around cars my high school years like skateboarding i raced motocross for a while And, uh, during those years in order to like afford those things that I did, like I started a couple of like little businesses, like I would cut grass and rake leaves and I did newspapers. And then, uh, around like 17, I was working at a dealership and, uh, one of the sales managers was like extremely rude. So I quit and just started, uh, my own detailing business and did that for a number of years. And then until I got into it, but like those businesses kind of like afforded me racing dirt bikes, and then I started getting into cars. You know.
0: Okay, and, we we need to pause there. Uh, there's two, I, I, there's
2: I wanna questions. Know. I want to
1: know mm-hmm. if any of his original detailing customers are like, yeah, that dude who just won that race he used to wash my cars.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Probably no. My big thing was I got a contract with the local uh, Peterbilt dealership, and while I was in college, between going to school, I would like leave college and go like detail a tractor for like five hundred bucks, and like back then I was. Nice.
0: Except amazing, for when you amazing, have to uh, amazing, mirror polish yeah. on the chrome. I was going to say, except when you have to polish the, the, uh, the Alcoas. That's the worst. Oh, my yeah.
2: gosh. I had a good process for it. and I always, had, I always did good polishing. But oh, you would just leave, uh, be so black and just <laughs> be in your pores for, oh,
0: forever. So let's go back for a second into skateboarding. Did you have, sure. what, what, what did you skate? What kind of board?
2: Oh man! Um, were you a vision guy? No, a I guy? After, I got into skating just like when Pal was going out, and it got into the, um, you know, the the same side boards, right? So like Pal didn't—I don't remember them having their boards. I remember them having the flat back boards, like the old in the eighties.
0: You weren't doing a shaped board. You were doing something um, where it was basically flat sides, right?
2: The boards that were the same—they were symmetrical. Like when I think Pal Peralta, like I don't think of a symmetrical board. Like I think of like old school Mike McGill with like the flat, the flat tail, and the pointy nose.
0: And so when you're getting into it, those shapes, those shapes are gone. Like my kid yeah. calls them all shaped yes. boards. Like we, Correct. us old dudes, we all had shaped boards, and then it kind of yeah, transitioned. Yeah. They just became like more surfboardy in a way. Uh, yeah, like long I think I had one, uh,
2: like a one. I had one of those, but probably when I was like five, but it wasn't like a real board. Like my first real board game, I don't even remember.
1: I remember I had the Price Club Action Sports Kamikaze that all my buddies had. Those suck. <laughs> they did suck, but everybody's <laughs> mom got them for them, I mean Santa, for Christmas the same year, and they were like, I don't know, I remember two colors. I remember mine was like, had like the hot pink graphics on the bottom and stuff, and they probably Seriously. had like I don't know. Now it came with rails, and it came yeah, with a yeah. little, like so a pink rails yeah, on uh, it, and you can grab them. But and it, I, they must have been like ABEC fifty bearings or something. I think they came with sand in
0: them, and no, they came pre-rusted. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
0: So that's that's what I remember. <laughs> now, so I know you. Sand in them. Yeah. You will know the answer to this question. You rode dirt bikes. What brand? Because everyone's either a Cowie guy, Yamaha, KTM, who, Honda. Or, yeah. Well, KTM wasn't big back then, so it had Husky. to be. Yeah. What were you?
2: Yeah, I mean, so I was whatever I could afford. Uh, the first thing that I got was a metal gas tank, like 78 Yamaha DT-100. Dude. Yeah. Wow. That's stroke. a badass
1: bike today. Early
2: four-stroke. Four stroke. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, I ended up getting, um, let's see, my dad brought, somehow at an auction found a KX-250 and KX-500. So I was like 12 years old, like blasting on a, no, I was probably 14. Uh, on a you know kx two fifty but I that was not when I could ride. And then I started racing. I had a RM125. So Pastrana, you know I grew up in Maryland and Travis, you know, would sell his bikes. So Suzuki RM125s is what I ended up starting like racing on. And Travis would sell his bikes and they would kind of circulate through Maryland. And I ended up, you know, a couple of times, you know, getting his bikes. So that's what I really started racing on. And yeah, you know, I got decent. Like I was a winning C rider, like mid-pack B rider, and I uh, had a lot of fun. But that's where I learned, you know, that that's where I learned most everything.
0: That makes a lot of sense because you've got Travis, you have Deegan, you have uh, quite a few two-wheel riders, McGrath, that have gone on to four wheels and have been pretty successful uh, what is it? What,
2: what? Motocross is the secret for any motorsport, for, any, for anything. And why is that? Well, first of all, it turns you into an athlete very quickly because you have to be, you have to be, you be fit, insane. you have to have good, you know, good reaction. You have to, you know, understand dynamics or you're going to hurt yourself real bad.
1: And in the dirt, you've, then, got, you've got to be able to, I mean, you're literally, that's probably one of the early learning tools of being one with a machine, right? Because.
2: Exactly. You, if, like the way that you manage weight Like all racing and driving anything is is a steering wheel with tires, right? And it's just weight that moves around on it. So when you're on a dirt bike, you're controlling your weight by inches and like feeling every little thing, you know, like the way you're using the brakes. So, you know, I mean, it's just everything has to flow together. So you get in the ultimate like connected with your machine. And then, uh, you know, you try jumping in a car with a cage and you feel invincible and you're just good. I mean, you know, I don't don't want to make it sound simple, but it's like it it just sets you up to be so comfortable, and that's why you've seen a lot of guys cross over, you know, by no means like, you know, Pastrana going from pro, doing the things he did into rally and stuff. You know, it's certainly um, a learning curve, but, like, he jumped, you know, he clearly jumped right into it and felt it because of, at least my opinion is because of those things.
0: Let's go up to – up to detailing, you've got this detail. Company. By the way, if you look at any of his race
1: cars today, none of them have polished anything on them.
0: <laughs> Dude, I I want to
2: say I hate <laughs> I don't want to say that. I, I respect it, I I respect the art, but like I I am not into it at all anymore. And that's probably why. It's probably like this deep down scar of like three in the morning downtown Baltimore, like eighteen degrees out, polish and stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you've got aluminum dust in the brain, I think, and he can't get it out. It's a that, disease now. Yeah, it's, he,
1: You know, he does have sort of a uh, billet hue when you see him in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sort of this kind of, you know,
0: ingotiness to him that, uh, you know. Oh, that's good. So, so, all right, so you're saving up money and you are, take us to the detailed business and then move forward.
2: I wouldn't say I was saving up money. I was like supporting my habits of cars. I mean, we all know how this goes. So I was just working hard and doing that and uh, trying to make some halfway decent investments with my money, like buying a house instead of renting and things like that. So I was going to college and I, I realized that I really did not like math and science. And I was in school for information technologies, uh, sorry, information systems, which required a ton of math and science. So it was right around that time. I don't know if you guys remember, but there were these ads on the radios like, Make seventy five thousand dollars a year to get Microsoft certified. And um I was good at computers. I was in I was of that generation that grew up with like BBSs and like when the internet was just starting. And so I just kind of had a knack and I knew that's what I wanted to do, but I also knew that that I could make good money to afford my habit of cars uh that I had and that I wanted to have. And uh so we're you know, we're talking probably this is 1998 right now. I'm like 19 years old, 18 years old. And um, so, yeah, so I went from college to a technical center, got Microsoft certified, uh, went on to become an IT manager for an economic consulting firm. Like, frankly, was in over my head. Like, they fired my boss, gave me his job. (laughs) And I was... Oh, wow. Sink
1: or swim, dude.
2: Yeah, and I was uh, 20 at the time. uh, Yeah, 20. And it was this big economic consulting firm in arlington like a mile from the pentagon and i just i just made it you know i just made it work i figured it out and um so i had a really nice good job in it you know they would let me leave so this was like right around when like i got my first rear-wheel drive car funny story of that um my first car was a 64 cutlass with hydraulics
0: yes Um, (laughs)
2: dude (laughs) so i mentioned my dad was a wholesaler so he found this jamaican family that hadn't moved back to jamaica very quickly and bought this car stupid cheap and gave it to me for making honor roll in high school really yeah he got it for like two thousand dollars and it was ridiculous It was a 64 cutlass shaved door handles all black had a, <laughs> uh, actually uh, sounds uh, kind of <laughs> cool it was it was ridiculous and it looked so cool it had a hundred spoke daytons on it and uh What rolling the d's the irish
0: (laughs) kid with rolling dayton's now wait a minute (laughs) is this when you're into big into car audio because i i heard a birdie told me that you were a big car audio geek
2: um i wouldn't say i was a big car audio geek but i did like you know good sound like i wasn't like a huge i did go through a phase where i had uh, like bass like i think everyone else in fact i had a House speaker, one of my cars, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yes, it now, was what, a 2 We used to go jump it. So we did Lightning,
1: but he,
0: st- yeah. he stole it from somebody's house and just carried it in the back of his uh, car. Now that yeah. was that like a PV or a JBL? No, it wouldn't have been. It would have been a pile driver or Sirwin Vega. Uh,
1: there you go, it Sir was it, or Sirwin, I
0: Sirwin I, Vega.
2: I definitely Rockford. Sirwin Vega. No, it was an Infinity. It was an Infinity as well. Infinity, yeah, that's pretty Infinity. baller back Infinity. in the day. Yeah, it was a it was a turquoise speaker. I remember that.
1: Going back to your whole uh, you know, first rear-wheel drive car, so uh, when, yep. I was, when I was growing up, my first car was a uh, 87 Honda Accord LXI with the cool pop-up headlights, so that was my first car in high school, and it was my dad's yeah. car. Now, you say, cool, <laughs> you say cool pop-up headlights, not not so much. Are you kidding me? Super cool. Okay. Basically, a four-door
0: prelude. It's rad. Yeah. It was, no, Humble, a prelude cool. was a prelude. Oh, uh, and a quarter of that era was <laughs> now, a Prelude, Now tell me, too. did you end up with Prelude seats in no, no, no. that car? No, but I did put
1: uh, 13-inch uh, Inky uh, Civic VX wheels on and it. I did, you, super yeah. Super lightweight, yeah. Dang. So che- So check this out. I love, when was we're that- out in the desert and driving and stuff, I love drifting and all that stuff. And what we used to do is we'd go to Carl's Jr. and uh, or McDonald's, steal the trays. And then I'd put them under the back wheels of the Accord and, and drift, and we'd go drift around town. And we'd just pull up the e-brake and just slide around corners. So basically, we used to just terrorize downtown Huntington Beach with our, our front-wheel drive cars drifting around corners. And you had to be careful because sometimes you could crash. Well, you could swing the rear out a little bit too far and not recover. So that was, uh, <laughs> there was a lot of fun in those days. <laughs> poor poor <laughs> nice. man's drift
2: car. Nice. So yeah, so uh, I got my first rear-wheel drive car, even though the Cutlass was, but I don't really consider that anyway. Long story short. We'll skip that part. I just got to step back two steps because it's, it's kind of funny part of the story because this is how I even get, learned about drifting, really. So my boy, went. we went to an auction house and my dad used to buy my friend's cars because he'd get them really good deals. So we went to an auction house and my boy bought this Nissan 240SX. It was a 93 Nissan 240SX. It was like mint, five-speed, had the poop-brown interior, but other than that, it was super <laughs> Those cheap. cars were cool. And so... I had to drive it home because it was on my dad's tag. At this point, I'm super heavy into motocross, like obviously loving cars, but like I didn't have a like I didn't have one, you know, or sorry, I didn't have anything like that I was I was super passionate about within cars. And so I got this 240, and when we when we were leaving the auction house, I dumped the clutch, and it like got a little bit squirrely, you know, like I would consider it like maybe a power slide. <laughs> and um, fast forward five days. And he tries to do that, leaving our school and ends up in a tree.
0: Oh, no. And totals,
2: totals the car. Oh. So I bought it. I, he was not mechanically inclined and like it was totally. And so he just took his insurance money and I bought it from him for like a thousand bucks. It sat in front of my parents' house for like a year until I could afford, like while I was still going to school, so I could afford to get it going. And then once I did like as I was looking up how to build the car, that's how I came across drifting. So this is like, you know, right around 2001-ish, 2000 was when I started getting into it. And that's where I was going with, I had a good IT job. And that is where, you know, it basically allowed me to, uh, to start going to drift events and they trusted me. So they'd let me leave early. And uh, for a number of years, you know, fast forward into like, you know, Formula Drift starting and things like that, you know, I would either leave work early, trailer my car to the event, or my dad and I would trailer it. And then um, 2007, quit my job and then started really chasing it.
0: So it really was grassroots for you. You didn't just, oh, yeah. uh, you weren't some rich kid that just uh, knew somebody at Monster Energy. And before you knew it, you had an official <laughs> team. This is you, you had some blood, sweat and tears going into this.
2: I mean, I think everyone, most people have to, um, I mean, you know, that was 2004 is when formula drift started. Right. So I was 24 when, when that series started. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I built my first car on my back in my garage. I used to go to practice events in New Jersey with, I didn't have a tow truck. I just used to like, I'm, you know, tall bigger dude and uh you know i used to have tires and jacks and stuff behind me like pushing my seat forward and i'd be all crunched up driving three hours to go to the drift event yeah i mean and in my first year of fd i had an open trailer that i was towing on and i mean yeah i mean it it all started from the for sure like fully self you know self-built with it and uh, you know i always had great support of parents this mental support uh you know it wasn't money to go around or anything like that but it was um you know, the kind of support that you need when you're driven and you want something, you know. So it's, uh, you know, I'm definitely grateful for all of it. Whether it's
0: motocross or go karts or now drifting, drifting yeah. you need parents, I think. I, I, most of the successful. Or at least a support system, right? Could right. be your uncle or your grandpa or, or wife like or that, right? whatever. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it certainly helps to have a father that's into cars that appreciates what his son is doing, I would imagine.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that's where I got it. I mean, my dad is what got it in my blood. I mean, he used to take me to the street races. I mean, we would go to the drag strips all the time. I mean, I used to go to, you know, when I built my first 240, you know, I I skipped a bit. But when I you know, I used to go to the drag strips and take take my first 240 to the drag strip. Uh, In fact, I have this one story that I might, that I ended up, let's just say, ended up racing a Lamborghini Countach
1: yes, yeah, wait, like, wait, wait, yes. Like, wait a minute hold on what do you mean let's just say I mean, no how did that <laughs> yeah. happen you mean you mean the car that was on every one of our us in our uh, mid-40s well, on well, our i was just not trying
2: not to give away where where it was um <laughs> so so anyway so <laughs> i end up racing this lamborghini Countach, ended up beating him in my like garage built 240sx which ended up becoming my first formula d car and um I ended up beating him, and like the Countach was like my dream car. Like it was, heck yeah! I, you know, I had the curtains, I had the sheets, the the you know the airbrush T shirts. I still have them. My mom saved them, and so I were still you,
0: have it I had it. Vaughn? Were you a, a Cannonball Run fan? Like, did absolutely. you? Okay, all right. <laughs> now, yeah, so did you absolutely. like did you like the black one or the white one when they washed the the fake paint off at the end? Yeah, did um, you go, yeah oh. I
2: almost did. I've, I've actually thought for a long time to do a reenactment of that actual scene. I like both of them. I like that. That movie is one of, my, one of my faves.
0: It's so cheesy, but everyone loves The Proctologist. If you guys haven't seen Cannonball Run, you, you have... I mean, it's a classic. Yeah, it's a classic. You have it's to. It's so good. I'm Dr. Nicholas, Nicholas Van Helsing, professor of proctology
2: and other related tendencies. Graduate of the University of Rangoon and assorted night classes at the Knoxville, Tennessee College of Faith Healing.
1: It still holds up well after all these years. It's still a rad oh, so car good. movie.
2: Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I love it. So I raced this Countach. I'll never forget. I smoked him, and I like, was like, oh, my, I couldn't believe it. So he pulled up next to me after I did this, popped his door open, and was just like, what is that? You know, like I'm like, this dude's Lambo, you know, I, I Lambo. I would never forget how cool I felt that this car I created did that. And, uh, and then he got pulled over, which was amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and was the guy, hold on, was he bald with aviator sunglasses or was he a cool young dude? dude. Like,
2: no, no, I, I don't remember like judging him. I just remember being. Getting the hell out of there. <laughs> the, yeah, like I just remember being like, holy shit, this is nuts. This I, just happened.
0: What's the fastest you've been while uh, and then gotten a speeding ticket, Vaughn? Can you, can you divulge? No, you know, my driver's
2: really good. No, I don't have any of those. I don't have anything crazy to talk about. With respect to that.
1: Okay. Um, How no. fast have you been sideways?
0: 140-ish. Okay. That's solid. All right. Let's. I want to stay linear right in the timeline. So you decide at some point you're going to quit your, your stable IT job or your, your sorry, yeah. IT, right? You're going to do this. You're going to put a notice. You're going to give up your benefits and all that stuff. How does that go down? I want you the sure handing over the paper? How do you tell your boss?
2: Well, they were, so there was a big decision for me. Like it was also both sides. Like I had a lot of respect for that company because they got me, I mean, you know, like they entrusted me and and let me do things my way. And I did really well for them. And, um, I started feeling like, you know, it was very good mutual, you know, relationship. I mean, I was an employee of theirs, but like I, I handled stuff very well and, and they were pumped on me. And, gave me a long leash and um you know, I started getting to the point where I felt like I I wasn't giving them what, they, what I would want, what I wanted to. And I also felt like I wasn't giving my passion what I wanted to, you know, like when you get off your path and you're not content, like, you know it. And I just started getting there and I didn't want, you know, me slacking off to be disrespectful to them or, you know, I just wanted to be upfront and tell them like, yo, I want to do this. And it was more so myself, right. I had to come to my, understand like that i really wanted this and i was willing to give everything up for it you know i was what well, i went 27 uh, years old making you know it was like a 90000 dollars a year salary with huge bonuses and you know nice perks and
1: i'd take that job I, today I,
2: yeah, it, yeah <laughs> i'm absolutely.
1: hoping you should take that job <laughs> yeah, today,
2: did you, yeah? do you know, do you know a guy <laughs> yeah and then and, and i love the job too i love the people like it was it was rad but like there was just this drawing me to this and I didn't have like anything huge lined up. I mean, at the time, you know, I was, uh, you know, driving my Mustang, uh, with Falcon and, uh, you know, but there wasn't like a salary or there wasn't any, you know, it was like, I started, well, basically the deal was that, you know, we got to, uh, you know, there was not really a salary, but we could leverage the car and what we were doing, you know? Uh, so I just kind of, I had one sponsor lined up that was going to pay for maybe, you know, cover half of what my salary was and i was like i'm just doing it like it was it was one of those i felt it was like once in a lifetime chance and so that's what i you know that's what i went and did and look and, at you now and, man
1: i'm sure you're glad you jumped yeah. right
2: yeah for sure i mean it's it's been uh you know it's uh, of course you know absolutely um you know sometimes hey, you might look and say damn i wish i had a nine to five for just three months you know where it's like i could have weekends and have some normal c to schedule but you know like anything worth anything you know it's it's effort and work and um as you guys know who who are in this industry like this isn't something that you just do like it's something you love and you just have passion for so it's just a natural you know that drive is just i mean at least for me it's natural because it's just what i want to my truest core like i want to be out having fun putting smiles on smiles on faces and uh you know competing at some level and just having a good time. You know, That's and and so that's all I want to do. And so I think about, it and it's just what I work my ass off for and always have.
1: So how did you take the racing career and the drifting career, which is sort of what you were known for, and then not only kind of parlay it into the crossover stuff with Ultra 4 and things like that, King of the Hammers, but also you're out doing cool stuff like the time you took the Raptor around Nuremberg Ring and your, your whole RTR line. I mean, you're, you're out there taking Mustangs and Rangers and F-150s and making them way better from than what the factory offered. So how did you take that kind of – I'm the drift guy too. I have this whole enterprise, and now OEs are having me do these awesome promotional videos by – wacky who, sure. who drifts a freaking Raptor in Germany? That's, Come a on. Lot, that's a lot of questions <laughs> for I don't know. I've got so many in my head.
2: <laughs> no, it's cool. I mean, I've, I've got time. I'm good. Uh, if there's interest, I don't mind sharing. So I remember – so I started out in the Nissan 240SX, and all the way up until I got a Mustang – I was not like a Mustang guy and I, I chalked this up to like now looking at hindsight and being as wise as I am just wanting to be different, just to be different like as a teenager than what like my dad always did, you know? So like I got into the, you know, I started, like I was into imports when my boy bought that 240 SX. Like that was kind of what drew me. I didn't know much about them, but like I knew I wasn't really wanting muscle cars at that time. So in 2005, Ford dropped that image, and I think everyone probably knows it. When they came out with the new retro, um, the retro-looking 05 Mustang, it was like the first new Mustang in a very long time. And there was this render of the Mustang GTR, and it was just so sick. And basically, you know, we we decided that it would be cool to bring some American muscle into the sport of drifting. And then when I first drove the Mustang, I was like. Like, this is what torque is? Like, why have I been missing, you know, this? You
3: know, <laughs> this is what torque this? is. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like, why, you know, like, why have I been missing? Why, you know, and, and so. And damn, a you know, V8 at full kind of,
1: tilt so much better than a four-cylinder. I don't care if it's turbo I or mean, what.
2: I got a special place in my heart for four-cylinder turbos. And, like, I love the new EcoBoost, you know, that's in the Raptor and the four GTs. Like, it's just unbelievable. Never having driven a V8, literally, and then driving one, it was like, wow, this is rad. And then like I started getting more involved, like the Mustang scene and just really fell in love with like that culture. But there was one thing that was missing for me and it was cool styled parts for the car. Like, you know, and like I felt like there was nothing that like spoke to me or my generation and, you know, that may offend people or may not, but like it was my opinion that like it was the same approach from like, you know, the seventies of like, you do the same thing to the car in 2005 you did in the seventies. And it was a challenge for me. And so, as I started like being more involved in there and understanding business and how it worked and growing a relationship with Ford, I kind of had ambition, you know, I'm, you know, I was rubbing elbows and you know being in places with Carol Shelby and, you know, Jack Roush and just, you know, I was inspired to like do what I wanted to do and, you know, have, you know, represent the way that I wanted to and, and make, create something for a new generation. And so, um, you know, long, I mean, that's what I did uh, or, you know, and continuing to do. Um, you know, I went and figured out a way to make the business work, and continued to reinvest every dollar I made into myself and what I was doing. You know, now we're celebrating ten years of of RTR. It's crazy, ten years.
0: Holy that is, that is crazy. So first off, Vaughn, what does RTR stand for?
2: Uh, RTR stands for uh, Ready to Rock. Uh, for me, like it's like a, it's almost like a mission statement. Like it's like ready for anything and like it's kind of like my attitude it always has been it's something i've always said you know hey you guys ready to rock like let's do it you know and like so for me like that trickles down into like our vehicles like all of our cars most most of them come with fully adjustable suspension like our mustangs you can go drag racing road racing drifting and put an understeer balance in just the one car like it's ready to do whatever you want like our you know, our F one fifties, you know, you want to take them off road, have some fun with them, our Rangers, same thing. You know, that it was like it wasn't even a thought of like when I was starting the company, like that's what I'm calling it.
0: And
2: it happened to make a pretty cool logo too. So <laughs> Well, I like uh, yeah, the, logo, the
0: logo's cool. The logo's symmetrical. If you guys haven't seen it, you can go just just Google, you know, RTR and you'll pop right up. How did you start a company like that? For instance, you you're making pieces that are very expensive to make in small yep. quantities so somehow there's something going on behind the scenes with either you and ford or one of their suppliers or whatever because you're doing grills that i know that they are, they don't want to produce fewer than ten thousand of metal whack how did you smart. pull that off
2: <laughs> well what we you know for those that don't know what we do is we build basically turnkey versions of ford products so we have a mustang f-150 ranger different specs, you know, supercharger options, full factory warranty, things like that. And then we also sell parts to the aftermarket. Um, and all of our stuff is you know, really high end to your point. You know, we, we do injection molding and, you know, use TPO and our, our wheels are all flow form and we're, you know, we take our products very serious and engineer them and, 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 you know, make them make them right. So to answer your question, no, I've just, inve- you know, for me personally, like anything that I do, I want to do it the right way. Uh, when we first started out, uh, we designed things that we could make with vacuum forming, which was obviously a lot cheaper than injection molding. And so I just stepped it, like I walked before, you know, walked before I ran, and figured out ways to to just get the product out there and build the brand. And but I was always like true to wanting to have good high quality product and a premium brand in in this space. And, um, so I just, you know, 10 years, I mean, that's, that's really what, what the answer is. I mean, I've, I've every single, you know, just about, yeah, every single dollar in that business has been from what it's earned or what I've, what I've continued to put into it and grow it. And, you know, I have some really smart people around me and a great team that see the vision. And, uh, I mean, that's how, I mean, uh, to me, that's how you can talk about 10 years and hopefully another 10, you know?
0: What was the first RTR part that you offered for sale?
2: Well, it was a complete vehicle. Um, okay. It's actually, uh, it's actually in my garage. I gave it to my dad. Um,
0: nice. And, Tell uh, me it says it, 001 or something on it.
2: It says uh, P1. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, so we made, uh, what did we make? We, the part that we made for that car was a chin spoiler and a rear spoiler and then wheels. And then, you know, we made our own stripe, we made some floor mats and things, but like part that we made was a chin spoiler. Um, and then we were using, you know, Ford performance suspension, for performance calibration and things like that. We've always had a relationship with Ford performance. We do make some of our own suspension components and things like that. And obviously a lot of race car parts and, and things, um, carbon and stuff like that. But, um, that vehicle, we, you know, we leveraged some other stuff. Like we went and did testing and, you know, I had my own setup that I liked the car to go out with because it had fully adjustable dampers and sway bars even then. So, so yeah. And then, you know, it started with that. And then, you know, as things grew, we started having more parts for different models and, but we've had a complete vehicle for Mustang since 2011, all the way till till now. And, uh, you know, I don't expect that to to change. And then we just got an F-150 and Ranger the last couple of years, which has been uh, which has been pretty rad.
1: So, what was the first part that put you on the map? Was it the spoilers, or was there something that everybody, in the Mustang community, uh, needed, and you were the guy that that answered the call?
2: No, it was our wheels. Like we just came with a fresh style to this market in general. Like just very different, like deep concave wheels, and just a gr- like not like true muscle car, but more like. Modern aggressive muscle, like if you took if you took the mindset that like muscle cars is global and take cool stuff from you know European culture and Japanese culture and American culture and, you know, just kind of give it that like more of a global vibe and we call it modern aggressive styling. But um, our wheels were the big thing. Like there's probably still five brands that have our wheels knocked off. This is before we were doing patenting. And but we still, you know, sell ours at double the price. And, you know, people you know, people that want good stuff will will pay for it, and that's what we, you know, that's what we do. We put you know good quality stuff out. I got to tell you our...
0: that the uh, the RTR Tech Six is one of my favorite wheels. Oh, it's a great looking of, wheel of all time. I think
1: really, yeah. Oh, and you're, you're, you're a wheel talking. guy.
0: I am a wheel
1: snob. You are a wheel snob. I bet Vaughn will return your call. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 that's, a, that's an
1: inside joke, Vaughn. Uh, uh, our, our man Lightning over here used to be super tight with a certain person who owned a wheel company and that dude has been giving him
0: the cold shoulder for a while now. And lives Oof. lives less than a quarter mile from me. <laughs> and oh, dude. I just it's driving me crazy. <laughs> He's so sad about it, you don't
1: even know. So you, you might you might have him uh, you know, texting in the middle of the night talking about wheels just because he
0: needs to feel like I somebody who makes wheels cares about him. I just need to uh, I need to commiserate with someone. you know <laughs> what I mean?
2: <laughs> so yeah, and then now most most recently our grills, like we make really nice injection molded grills. and okay with, uh, your grills really are awesome. Grill
1: People don't even know that they've probably seen your grills because your grills have a very distinctive style. And if no. you have ever seen, you know, Ford obviously part of their styling is sort of the, the nostrils on the grill. No matter what the vehicle is, whether it's the F one hundred and fifty, whether it's the Ranger, whether it's the Mustang, well, the RTR stuff now has like LED signature lighting for the nostrils. So you see the cool grill, and they just they don't look like anything else on the road. In fact, out here in SoCal, probably about a month ago, I saw one of your trucks going the other direction on the four hundred five, and I instantly knew it was yours because I saw the grill on it.
2: Yeah, I mean, that whole design mindset was that, like, I was, when we were figuring out design, what year was that, 2015, I was like, you know, the new Mustang, like, I want to make sure that if the RTR is ever in your, you know, rear view, that you know that it's an RTR. And, um, you know, the, our lights are our biggest, you know, most popular thing. Uh, often, uh, often imitated, but never replicated. How do you say that?
0: What, <laughs> exactly. You know, something that keeps other guys out of the market there. They may try to rip him off later, but you know, I'm fixated on things like tooling costs and stuff that I bore Holman with, but that's a big deal. Like just to make, I know, stop it, Holman. <laughs> but that, that's, it's super cool. If anyone had any idea how much work goes into a set of led lights, it's massive. It, I yeah. mean,
1: anything like that. There's no, nothing as simple anymore, especially when you have to tap into a CAN bus system or, you know, all the different uh, electrical architecture of the new vehicles. I mean, wheels are yeah. hard enough, you know, just start getting into electronic stuff. That's a whole new ballgame.
2: That, that's that's next level. And all our level. stuff is all, you're not tapping into anything. It's all plug and play. All of our awesome. stuff is plug and play. You don't cut anything. It just goes right into the, right into the harness. And, like, that's what people don't, you know, they see copies of our lights for half price and they buy them and then you know, the lens falls off and they're sending us an email. Hey, I bought your yeah. lights. No, you didn't. But it's crazy though. Cause like these companies like whack-a-mole, man, like we have patents, like it's literally illegal to sell lights with our design or near our design. Um, in almost in most of the world. And um, you know, you just shut them down and they pop back up You shut them like, you know, eBay, like literally they'll just be on there. Uh, it's, cra- it's, it's really wild um, to your point of, how much effort you take to, to build nice stuff and put good quality product out in the market. And then, you know, now you have to chase that stuff.
0: Dude. And they're, you know? b- they're brazen about it too. I remember we we're at home and you and I were at SEMA. This was two years ago. And there were like sheriffs walking around. That's when the, the
1: the marshals came in and they started ripping down booths and stuff. Yeah, you know, we did a whole story. omics brought them in.
0: They were literally, yeah. they were selling, <laughs> ripped off like yeah. patent infringing yeah. at parts
1: SEMA. at SEMA. Yeah, it, it, was, it was fun watching the perp walk out of there because it was like, oh H- yeah. How
0: brazen are you? Uh, pretty yeah, brazen.
2: So we had, we had that was, that was like, it wasn't because of us, but that was a booth that actually had a copy of our parts and a ton of other people's parts that ended up happening to them and i was oh, it's so frustrating but anyway well let's well, yeah, uh you know building you know so so the the brand is, has grown a lot and you know like my vision has always just been to become a lifestyle brand and create something cool around ford products and increase capability but we you know, just enhance a bit you know like look the raptor is an unbelievable off-road vehicle like we don't have only our special projects, like have even near capability like you know uh, we're not competitors to those types of things to, to a raptor or the specialty vehicles we just kind of have our own style enhance capability a bit and um you know just create a little extra fun for I mean, our that's, customers that's you a, being a, a, a humble Vaughn
1: but I got a press release sitting in my box right now for the 2020 ranger rtr fun runner that we should talk about which is <laughs> a badass ford ranger that looks like it's the who's who's of the aftermarket. Uh, all quality parts put together. Well, would you say, Coleman,
0: would you say it's the bee's knees? I would not say or that. Or you would not say that. I would okay. not
1: say that <laughs> <laughs> at all. <laughs> w- w- would you say it's ready to rock? I would say it was ready to rock. Okay. And that I would say. Uh, but, yeah, no, this thing is awesome. So 2.3 EcoBoost with a 10-speed. Uh, it's got the 17-inch RTR Forge Tech 6 wheels. ah uh, by, by the way, I do agree with you. It is probably one of my favorite wheels. It's definitely my my top probably five off-road wheels oh,
0: of the time. Look at that. We have something in common. Yeah, one thing. Yeah, one thing <laughs> His wheels.
1: Thirty-sevens, uh, Nitto uh, Ridge Grapplers. It's got Recaro seats, Optimas, an Atlas two four-point-three T case. That's pretty cool. Thirteen-fifty drive lines from J.E. Real. bunch of Kibby Tech stuff, King shocks.
0: Uh, on and on and on. Wait, uh, does he? I didn't know that. He's got he's got yeah. Ryan stuff on this truck. He does have Ryan Good stuff. Good choice. Oh, oh I, yeah. I
2: love I love Kibby. Yeah, I mean, so well, Kibby Kibby built the vision. Um, I mean, you know, so Lauren, um, we didn't mention this yet, but Healy. You know, Lauren Healy and I are teamed up in, in, ultra four and, um, Lauren Healy. And, uh, we've been having, uh, you know, we've been good friends for a number of years. Last year we started, we were a team and this year we've kind of combined a bit more and went all in together. And,
1: and did burnouts um, wanted, on trailers.
2: Yeah, we did do burnouts on trailers <laughs> with our friends at uh Truck. telegraph uh-huh. truck. And, um, but yeah, so we, uh, we wanted to build, you know, the ranger is a cool platform and uh, we wanted to build a cool project this year. That would be fun to, you know, go hit the trails, go hit some jumps and be cool to drive on the street. So we built the fun runner and uh, basically it's a ranger um, that my RTR team and I designed and um, we went to Kibbe with the, uh, with the, uh, you know, ex- a- a- aesthetically, you know, designed. And then Lauren and Kibby, you know, brainstormed a lot about the technical, um, You know, I'm fresh to Ultra 4, so I trust Lauren's 15 years of experience. And um, so, you know, basically what we did is we put effectively the driving, the drive gear under the Ranger that's in our Ultra 4 race trucks, uh, spider tracks, diffs and, uh, you know, housings and uh, King coilovers and bypasses and, you know. um, So you basically made it a more
1: comfortable Ultra 4 car.
2: Basically. Yeah. I mean, it's got, you know, all stuff that we're not going to break, you know got an atlas in it you know our race same exact racing atlas we run and you know so we took this vision to kibbe we're like hey we want this thing to jump be laying the rocks this that and the other those two brainstormed and uh yeah kibbe worked his metal magic we worked with you know a lot of our partners to to make it happen and um it, it's it's a lot of fun by the way, it's have you rad Guys felt the two three eco boost with the 10 speed oh yeah like, have you either you driven eco boost mustang or ranger
1: uh ranger yeah I, I've driven the Mustang and I loved it. Yeah, in the Ranger, that thing's got torque so, everywhere.
2: It's so impressive.
1: Yeah, like it's Agreed. seriously.
2: Everyone like hates on it. It's so impressive. Like, no,
1: I love it. No, it's a good match for that, and the power output rocks. So I, I have to ask you now that you know you sort of went from the uh, the JDM sort of racer in drift, and then you got into the V8 Mustangs, and then you went into off roading, and you sort of have taken these these steps. Off roading, you got the bug. Is that do you, do you like it oh, more I mean, than drifting? I mean, Where are I we at with that?
2: I mean, I think that's pretty evident. I mean, here's my timeline, <laughs> and here's my timeline in off-roading, <laughs> race motocross, and so st- I started drifting, quit so I didn't get hurt. 2016, maybe yeah, 2016, went and raced King of the Hammers. 2017, I'm on the lake bed in my own race truck,
3: uh-huh. <laughs> and here we are,
2: 2020, uh, you know, full, you know, full effort. So I'd say, I'd say I got the bug and I'm I'm committed. I mean, I'm still drifting full-time, and I'm uh, doing this full-time, and um, I love it. Like, I love being outdoors. I love, I mean, it's, it's so where I came, you know, where I came from, and I just enjoy it. You know, it's what I loved about riding motocross. It's what I love about taking UTVs out with my friends. I mean, I got a cabin in West Virginia at the Hatfield-McCoy trails, and we go out, and you know, it's just amazing, and like, with the new Bronco coming out, like, I just can't I can't wait. Like, I'm so so pumped
1: to ah, be wild. The vehicle that I cannot talk about. Sorry. Yeah, you've not been able to talk about <laughs> that for quite some time. I was supposed to be able to talk about it by now, but the stupid old COVID ruined that for everybody. Even
0: when the photos were leaked, you still couldn't comment. <laughs> I, sucked I,
1: because Ford has lawyers, and I got signed paperwork. Mm-hmm. So
0: hey, uh, speaking and there's of no reason to ruin
2: surprises, like, exactly. I can't believe those. Photos got leaked. do like, does people like surprises anymore? No, they're,
1: they're the same you know, a-holes so that would take their X-Acto knife and cut a nah, quarter yeah, of a you know wrapping paper is? out on yeah. Christmas Eve so they could peek and see what Santa brought them. Oh, wait, that was me. Right. <laughs> it
0: was you. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> It's the oh, same people funny. that call TMZ with tips. You're yeah. like, you
1: know, just knock it off people. Enjoy and be surprised. Nobody's surprised anymore. That's the problem is social media made there's no fun in anything. Well, it's it, why
0: rock stars aren't rock stars anymore. Yeah, rock stars used rockstar. to be, you know, yeah. you'd have you'd have a band that would go away to the studio and spend you know, half a year writing something and they'd be gone. Like maybe they'd leak yeah. some stuff to the yeah. press here and there. But when they came back, there was so much fervor yeah. to see them again. Now you can't escape them from social media. You're like, eh, mm-hmm. kinda yeah, kind of whatever. I cool. feel like you never went away. Yeah.
1: You well, know? all right. So uh, not to get on the uh, the bummer train with the COVID and all that stuff, but I do want to point out that Vaughn and RTR put out a press release in the last couple of days. Uh, they're doing some stuff really cool because they have the uh, 3D printing capability. So they're actually, at their RTR lab in Charlotte, they're now printing 3D uh, printed headbands uh, and supports for the face shields for the people in the medical industry to protect them. And I thought that was pretty cool.
2: Oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, Ford was uh, is obviously doing a lot, and uh, they switched over their manufacturing to help. But when I read that, like that release came out, you know, Ford and 3M have partnered up and they're making ventilators. I'm like, well, you know, I, maybe there is things that we can do. I'm like, we have 3D printing capabilities. We have capability that like it's you know like we can help with this and so uh, i did a social post and had a bunch of people comment back and found this supply chain in charlotte uh it's called charlotte Medi, and basically it's a supply chain that has drops of like certain materials and they basically have like a you know a group of people that snap these things together so somebody does like the clear face shields gets it cut you know and then other people are 3d printing and then um you know, this uh, group of people are like assembling them. So we're just doing drops daily. We just have our 3D printer running nonstop. It's not, you know, it's not going to, it's not crazy volume, but right now, like anything helps. Like everyone we print is going to someone because there's a huge need for them. Like they, they reckon they're going to need like 40,000 each month just in Charlotte. Wow. So it's, it's a pretty big, pretty big need. And so, you know, I'm pumped that we're able to help and, We've got a nice little chain going. They get drops every day, and it's – uh
0: yeah. It's- That's super cool. You know what else rallied around this thing was um the high-end car stereo. Uh, kind of there's a small group of guys that got together, and they've got like laser cutters and whatnot, and they're making the actual face shield, like our friend Gary yep. at Define Concepts. He's making um, the actual plastic face shields, so he got a guy to donate all the plastic. He's doing, he made the uh, I don't know the press or the jig or whatever you call it, so they can cut all these things out, and he's just shipping them wherever they need to go to hospitals all around the country. I thought it was super cool to see. Like you wouldn't have, you wouldn't think like the car stereo industry is helping the medical community but they are i I just love
1: everybody that's throwing a piece of it in right you know everybody's adding a little something to the supply chain to make it to make this stuff happen it's awesome
2: exactly and i started looking i was like so like proud and just happy to see people doing this like there's you know there's literally 3d print files for people that like have a home 3d printer like you might print one a day but like it's still helping so like they have this like free downloads and it's it's crazy what what is banded together to uh to help in this it's it's really cool and definitely uh something we shall be grateful for that 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 stuff's that stuff's going on and a lot of big companies are stepping up you know i mean again you know ford is like offering relief for payments and like offering like you know if you need a new car like extremely good like zero percent financing for like 72 months like it's it's wild to see these, you know, these companies. Do, Dude, some of
1: them are 84 months now. I was like, oh my gosh.
2: Well, but it's like, like four, like their plants are shut down. Yeah. You know, like, and but like they're still doing things like this. Like to me, as a business owner, you know, it's it's an interesting time right now. And um, to see a company like that have their plants shut down, which as you know, is not an ideal situation. Massively by expensive. Nation, if you look but, at
1: the overhead to keep those things idle. And they need to pump out a certain amount of vehicles to get the profitability and make that that plan exist. And uh, it's just amazing. The, the supply chain logistics for building vehicles, if you've ever been to a modern factory and we've taken a few tours with our listeners at some modern factories, is just mind boggling, especially just-in-time manufacturing where a pallet comes just as that vehicle or that part is needed on the assembly line. To shut that machine down, is just uh, it's just unbelievable. You know, and to fire it back up will be just as just as yeah, i Yeah,
2: I never even I actually didn't even think about that. Like I, I I don't even know the ins and outs. I just know it's an absolute ridiculous deal. You oh, know, it's and crazy. You know that that's that's a that's a whole a very interesting perspective.
0: Now, have you gone and toured? Because you're in really tight with Ford. You know, tighter than 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 us. Have you toured the factory? Have you had a chance to when a new vehicle comes out to say, hey, Vaughn? You know, you're one of our influencers. Would you want to test drive it? Like what's your your day to day with Ford?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I've you know, I've been working with Ford since two thousand seven. So, you know, we're going on thirteen years of our relationship. Um and so, you know, I'm uh day to day, you know, we have a weekly call, you know, to, to connect on things and it depends. Like there's a lot of branches, right? Like the RTR side, the motorsport side, special projects and things. So You know, certainly involved in a new product.
0: So what I'm hearing is you have a lot of information that's under (laughs) embargo. That's
1: the drop that gets played for me because there's so much stuff that I don't get to uh, talk about. You're
0: seeing the trucks way before they come out, and they're going, hey, Vaughn, if this has got to go off-road, now you're an Ultra 4, you can consult on the Ranger in this package and that package. I would assume you're getting they're integrating with your team, right? Because you, because you're, you're, you're smaller and scrappier. You're, uh,
1: you're right on the line right now, Lightning. Am I? You're right, (laughs) yeah, am I? Vaughn's going, just don't fall over because I can't talk about half the stuff. I'm trying to compliment him,
0: you know what I mean? All all I will
2: say is that, you know, Ford has unbelievable engineers and, you know, what, like, with respect to, like, our vehicles that we do, they make it easy for us because we get to focus on simple stuff instead of dealing with a, you know, something that was not done. Right. And as far as, you know, just in general, you know, working close with Ford, I mean, just think of I'm not going to go into detail, but (laughs) you know, look at, look at what their business, like their business is like you, you know, I'm sure you have relationships that you work closely with people in their business. And so, you know, we work closely with Ford, uh, inside of the exciting things that they do. And I'm super grateful to, you know, have the access and the support and, um, know where you'll be a part of what Ford is doing like it's it's been awesome I've been there since you know uh 2007 and you know I mean right now as as everyone knows like things aren't the greatest right I mean with, with respect to stock and everyone knows what's going on with that but like I'm not even a bit concerned because they always end up killing it and the things that are coming from Ford and the things they're doing is just so exciting you know it's uh it's it's just it's just a lot of fun to be a part of something like
0: that question you're a torque fanatic now i think that's fair to say where are you on diesel just curious like have you had a chance to
2: awesome it's just heavy
0: okay yeah uh... and laggy sometimes
1: at least for the stuff you're doing you
2: could work through that with some nitrous but it's just like (laughs) i I, know you just i need one that can you know not make that i can drive something that will handle like i mean how about electric you know, we want to talk about power. I mean, and and lightweight, but it's just uh, it's so expensive right now. Can,
1: can we go back and uh, just have you tell us how rad it was taking the Raptor around Nürburgring?
2: Just, just oh, so please. That ha- I'll tell you why that happened. <laughs> so, okay, so this this is uh, let me think about this real
1: quick. Because when when that came out, they're like Ford. We we were gonna do some some video, but we couldn't. Because the track, it was too rainy or whatever. I mean, well, so exactly. then we, hold on, but hold on. So then we uh. take this American-spec Raptor that magically appeared at Nürburgring, and we're going to have Von Gitten, who just happened to also be there, and create this total truck porn video of him uh. just drifting through leaves around the train. And I'm thinking, okay, the setup is bogus. There's no way that Von magically mm-hmm. appeared in Germany, and the Raptor <laughs> magically did. But I was okay with the outcome. But I'm going to call you out because I thought okay. Ford's setup on it was a little bogus. But I love I Perfect. love Ford. Well,
2: I'm going to I'm going to call you I'm going to I'm going to call your uh, call you back. All right. Because here's what happened. Okay. We were in the Nurburgring to drift my Mustang, and uh, this was my first time attempting to do it. And we went there, and it rained. Well, first day it sleeted and snowed. Second day it rained. Well, the Nurburgring does not give refunds for rain. They do for snow, but not rain. So we were going to lose a day of shutting down the Nürburgring. We had it shut down to ourselves. Which is crazy. What was I going to do? Because everybody Go uses that jog thing. Jog around it or ride a bike? So <laughs> we had, I mean, not, not that I don't enjoy both of those things, riding a bike more than jogging, but we had a local German dealer's personal Raptor.
1: Okay, no and way, really. we were really?
2: Going to use it, we were going to use it in a skit, a change tire skit for the video. So the Raptor was going to pull up because I didn't change tires in the ring. A Raptor was going to pull up. We were going to get out, bop, 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 blast the tires off and go. Well, it rained. We had a Raptor. I was like, yo, let me in this thing. And I, went, <laughs> and I went and tested a couple times. Please of tell me like, I, you were
1: in I, Baja I, I mode just, with all the nannies turned off.
2: Well, Baja mode is all-wheel drives. I was rear-wheel drive only. Okay. With everything turned off, I had a zip tie on the parking brake catch, <laughs> so that so that I could just yes. kick the parking brake open the whole time. Yes, the old uh, minivan rental car trick. Yep. Ask me how I know. <laughs> um, Get the insurance. Back of the day, they got electric ones now, though. So we got you know permission and like I I don't remember. I think I took uh, yeah I had to take responsibility for the raptor if i if i heard it but i was kind of like well it wouldn't suck to own a raptor anyway i'm not going to total it <laughs> so that was kind of like that was kind of like my mindset even though it could have very well got totaled but anyway
0: <laughs> um because i heard you have bent a raptor you have destroyed one which we will get to hmm. okay okay no,
1: maybe we won't. Maybe, we won't. Maybe, maybe maybe we'll have to do no, an, uh, next comes it next time we up. Okay, talk right, about finish it. the Nurburgring yeah, thing. It's not okay. a big deal.
2: Yeah. So I drifted the Nurburgring in the Raptor, and then the next year I went back with my Mustang, got weather, good weather, and uh, drifted it in my Mustang like I dreamed since 2011, and it was uh, the most unbelievable, scary shit I've ever done.
0: When you Google Vaughn Gittin Jr. and you click on the news tab on yeah. Google, it's all Vaughn Gittin Jr. drifts the Nürburgring in uh-huh. a Raptor. Yeah. Like, it's just every single, every news outlet around the world wrote it up. Like, it was such a yeah. a, a boon for for Ford, I think.
2: Well, it was, that was actually, drifting out of my drift, it was a different kind of level of scary. The drifting the drift car was intense because, like, the speeds and, like, not knowing the track so well and all the blind stuff and just being reactive, it was, like, crazy intense. Where the Raptor, like, it was such, like, a thing of beauty. Like, when you flick it, it's so Long Playful. and big, and it just like, like and that wheelbase so like,
1: is stable, right? Smooth. Like it,
2: yeah. Dude, oh, it just it just like floats, but it's like the yeah. transition is sketchy, right? So when it's so you soft. go from right to left to catch in the rain <laughs> yeah, on all terrains, it is, yeah, it was it was sketchy, but I made it work and it was fun. Well, it, it was would. a
1: rad video. The uh, slow motion where the tails kicked out, going through autumn leaves and roosting them off the edge of the track.
2: Oh, the rocks
1: is too. rad. <laughs> It yeah. just it's just rad, dude. Check out so check jealous. out
2: the uh check out the do me doing it in the Mustang cuz I did that similar shot. Okay. Um but I did a 360 into that line where I caught the rocks in the drift car and in the drift car it shot the drone out of the air. <laughs>
1: awesome. Do any of your cars have a passenger seat and how can I get a ride at some point?
2: Yes, they do and we're at SEMA every year. Uh, you know that's obviously a very tamed version, but I mean, if you're ever at an event we go to,
0: just tell uh, just tell them Vaughn sent me.
2: Yeah, I mean, just stop by. Yeah, just tell my team that I said stop by, and we'll right. try to make it work. I like it.
0: Well, we're gonna have to call again because I'm gonna have. Yeah. to I, I need to hear about the bent Raptor, the one went over the hill or something. Right. <laughs> I need to know that story, but we'll save it for another time. Well, we gotta have Vaughn back on. Yes. Would you well, come back is, on? It
2: was a Gen One one. I, we'll just shut it down at that. It was a Gen 1 one, and I took it on the old Lucas Oil track in Vegas. Oh, yeah. And it got it as a media truck. Was it a 5.4 or a
1: 6.2 truck? 6.2. Okay.
2: And I might have I uh, went off one of the tabletops a little bit big.
0: And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. mid-air, did you hear?
2: <laughs>
0: no, you heard that <laughs> after. No, it, was,
2: it was actually more like the uh, General Lee. <laughs>
1: All right, well, uh, we appreciate you carving the time out. If you guys want to check out uh, Vaughn's RTR Vehicles, it's rtrvehicles.com, uh, purveyor of uh, awesomeness. You can get it on a Mustang or Ra- uh Ranger. Does, uh, does it say 150? that on the website? I just, I, I'm, bomb. I'm giving him a new tagline. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: maybe maybe it will next time we
1: talk because that's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, see? purveyors Pur- of awesomeness. Or purveyors of fun
0: because he's a fun haver. No, I think it's oh. a, a professional... Fun haver, no, no, pr- purveyor of awesomeness. It's like a double. It's like a uh, comma. Oh, I like in that. There. Yeah, I like that. See That's if nothing good. else, let me give you a tagline.
2: Yeah, okay. All right.
1: Fair <laughs> enough. If you want to check him out on uh, on Instagram at Von Gitten Jr. or uh, on Facebook Official Von Gitten Jr. and uh, check out some of the stuff his videos online. Google him. Super awesome. And then you got you also have your own page as well,
0: right? That's just uh, just your stuff dedicated to him as a racer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. At Von Gitten Jr. Yep. Listen, dude, congratulations on the success, and honestly, it's inspirational to hear you talk because you followed your dream. Like, we love talking to guys that honestly that... Took they the jump. May, they may, Yeah, they take a jump. They they said, look, I've got to... We, we, we try to interview as many guys like that as we can that say, I'm going to follow my heart, and that's what you did.
2: Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, and, um, you know, I mean, obviously, you guys... Are, you know with your podcast like you know it takes effort to do anything cool and like so it's um you know grateful for that and definitely appreciate the opportunity to come on chat with you guys at a good time and you know uh, i know we're all going through some some tough tough stuff right now and uh it's cool to you know be able to have outlets to to put smiles on faces and share and just uh you know have a good time so thank you for that you ah, got it. Thank you. Our thanks pleasure. For,
1: thanks for coming on and uh, helping to provide some entertainment to people who uh, might be stuck or bored or looking for something to do. So. A lot of boredom going on yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah.
2: For sure. We'll be we'll be we'll be through it soon. We'll be back yeah. at it. So
0: awesome. Thank all right, you, Vaughn. All. Thanks, buddy. We'll Appreciate talk to you soon. It. Later. All right, brother. Bye. Bye. Hallman, I'm not sure if you're aware of what just happened, but that was Vaughn Gittin Jr. on our on our show. Vaughn Gittin, Gittin Jr. 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 Yes. Famous race car driver. The formula drift guy. The Ultra 4 guy? Yeah, that guy. The guy who did uh, the Nürburgring and and a Mustang and a Raptor. That guy who did those things. He also has a company that
1: makes awesome vehicles better. That guy? Yeah. What's he doing spending time with us? Got to be seriously bored. (laughs) He's on quarantine. No, he uh, he just texted me. He said he'd do it any time. I'm gonna take them up on it. You wanna have them on next week? I think we should try. <laughs> that would be
0: funny. That would be funny. Two hey, guests in a row. Vaughn, you got any updates since last week? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's uh, time for some email, I think. You email, yeah. I email, do it. We email, that's right. Everybody email, type it up. You email, proofread. I email, send it. We email, click it. Everybody email. Oh man, I. Holman, I'm not sure we want to start with this email. Uh-oh, what do we do now? The subject line is disgruntled listener. Oh, well. Yep, from that's Cody. Most of them. All right. Dear Lightning. You know what, Cody? It'd Hol- surprise me if you started with non-disgruntled listener, pal. <laughs> Keep, then he'd be on the minority? Yeah. All right. Dear Lightning and Holman. I am writing to tell you guys how upset I am that you stopped using my absolute favorite jingle. Whoa. What is he talking uh, about? I don't know. We have a lot of them we haven't used in a while. Huh. Okay. I've been waiting for countless episodes to find out how things worky, work, work. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we haven't played that in a while. And I'd love it if you brought back uh, that one particular jingle. In all seriousness, love the show. Can't thank you enough for continuing to put out episodes during all the craziness going on right now. And he says five stars. Hey.
3: Five star review. Five stars.
0: It's very nice of you, Cody. Appreciate that email. And I think the one he's talking about. <laughs> well, wait, wait. Is Do what? we want to play that for our next guest? No Or is that super Just you, It's too it's, it's
1: depressing Yeah it's like a Joy it's, Division we song from the 80s Yeah we can't play it now Because we don't want the world to be
0: gloomier No I don't think so We but, want it to be um, upbeat and fun I think this is what he's talking about The truck show The truck show The truck show Vroom Vroom Remember this one Homer? Yeah, I do The truck show The truck show You know what it reminds me of? At, heading down a uh, the inside highway job. at night
1: with like the light streaming be across inside, the reflective paint of your hood. Yeah.
0: Inside, the inside. inside after, job.
1: after you just broke up with your girlfriend or something.
0: We'll talk to an industry expert about how things a worky work work. <laughs> <laughs> I think we was just too. Well,
1: this rising tempo at the end gives you hope. Yeah, and then it just ends Because it it's like slow and sad, it's reflective. I think it's like you know you're driving on a lonely highway with just the street lights you know bouncing off your car, and then at the end, you're going, you're turning a
0: corner into happiness. not nah, just ends. Is it like Mama from Genesis? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: man. Hmm. That's, a okay. way, that's a wayback machine yeah. reference. What you got. All right, uh, you remember last episode, Sam Houston, CFO.
0: A Fab Force checked in with us. I don't recall anything about last episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, well, I don't know what we did uh, yesterday. Oh, uh, uh, That's true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he, he wrote back again, and he says, So, it's April Fool's Day, and I'm pulling into the plant parking lot, which is mostly empty since all the office folks, except for me and the CEO, are working from home. I hear you reading my note from last week's show on the air. Is that appropriate or what? So, reaching back to you guys, I am most definitely not the rich guy here. You can ask my ex-wife and my other ex about that. I just took over the bank accounts here, so I guess he's talking about his rich guy title. Oh yeah, <laughs> The CFO. Well,
0: I think wasn't unless there... he's the
1: chief fun officer, then that chief would be fun some, okay, something yeah, different. Yeah,
0: yeah. This is an episode about fun. Oh, Vaughn should be the chief fun house. The that chief... should be on his business card. Yeah, what do we call the chief fun haver? Yes, chief of fun, chief of fun having uh, CEO and chief fun haver. Yes.
1: All right, well, I'll go. Tongue twister. Tongue twister. Anyway, I've been active, interested in off-roading for 30-something years. Am I really that old? Been an officer of SFWDA, a trail guide of Jeep Jamboree, et cetera, and just happened to land here a couple years ago, so it's nice to combine a hobby with a career. You asked if I would sport one of those stretched Escalade office rigs. I think that's what that monstrosity is called. <laughs> and my answer is a definite negative, not oh, my style. Okay. I'm more of a Jeep Land Cruiser. Yeah, I actually listed those two together kind of a guy. Though I do daily drive a Chevy 3500 Dually with an offset steering wheel. Thanks a million for pointing that out to me a week after I bought it. Oh, no. (laughs) That serves as my tow vehicle for my toy hauler. Most of my off-roading now is done in my Razor. Anyway, back to the Escalade. While I agree the grumper and other stuff on Escalade for an urban assault vehicle could be cool, especially with the bank's monster Duramax in it, it's not my style. Yes, I said that as the CFO of the company that makes grumpers. And that is one of the great things about this country. My sense of style may not be the next person's, but if they want it, we'll build it. Anyway, have a great day. Keep up the great work on the show. And P.S., I've attached a picture of my truck I wish I had never sold that I had to let go last year. It's a 1990 Toyota Land Cruiser HZJ77 that had a custom turbo and air-to-water intercooler system on the low-mileage 1HZ Toyota diesel. Love that truck dearly,
0: but I had to let it go. Check out this picture. Let me see. Dude, how cool is that thing? Uh Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, bad move. Should have held on to it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I would be all over that. You know, it's sad when you
1: have to let go of a vehicle. I, I The one that I regret is my 51 Willys, mm-hmm. my old flat fender. I wouldn't have known by the fact that you talk about it every show. That's not true. Oh. And uh, I, I kind of want to hear from the listeners. I want them to tell us what is their regret. What's the one vehicle they let go? Of? I bet there's some cool ones out there. yeah So truck show podcast at gmail.com. You know what's
0: weird is I don't have one. Nothing, no, nothing that you've let go of. Well, you haven't Um, owned anything cool, so I am bummed that my father let go of some of my grandfather's Pujos. Now, at the time, I couldn't have cared less. Widgets. At the time, I'm like, yeah, Dad, sell them, whatever. But now I'm feeling nostalgic, and of the like seven of them that my grandfather owned, I wish we had, yeah, one of them, yeah. Yeah. So nothing personally? You don't miss the rock crusher? No, I don't. I it had. A, it was just a no, facilitator you know what? of marketing? No, it wasn't. I had fun building it. I loved building well, the that's bumpers your problem. and the roof rack. You love and,
1: building and then you get bored.
0: Yeah, well, I, I'm the kid with the Legos. As soon as it's yeah, done, you, I'm Godzilla like, comes and just crushes them. I don't crush it. I just give it to somebody. Your you know? Legos and you have to buy new Legos. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. That was part of the fun, you know? Yeah, I built this It was for you. It was the experience of opening up that giant, you know, instruction yeah. manual and going, I'm going to do this. Building it, and you get to the end, you're like, I did that. Next. Speaking of next, do you have another email? Tin grill Dodge trucks is the subject line from Nathan. Hey, Lightning at home, and Holman, I've attached a picture of my 1977 D100 tin grill that I took while listening to episode 114. I'm getting lots done while staying at home, and I love this truck more than my C10, maybe because they're not as popular. Anyway, you guys take care and stay well. Can I get a matter engine, parameters? And he says that never gets old. Nope, sure
1: doesn't. All right, got one here from Dan Church. He says, curious, boys, about your thoughts. i got two good examples right here. 7.3 liter power stroke or 5.9 Cummins. He sent us a couple links. One's to uh, Sacramento Craigslist with a 01 Ford F250 7.3 or Sacramento Craigslist to a 1997 Dodge Ram 2500 extended cab 5.9. Uh, I I'm, know which one I'm doing. Which I one know are you doing? I know which one I'm doing. I'm doing the 5.9. I'm doing the 7.3. Are you really? Yeah. Huh. The engine, I think, is better. In the Ram, uh-huh. but you get a better truck with the
0: 7.3. Oh, great point. Hard to argue you with. You know, that yeah.
1: that era of Super Duty, super overbuilt. The 7.3 was probably one of the best diesels that ever graced a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. It's pretty close to being on par with the Cummins. I just think with the 97 Ram, they've got a lot of front axle issues, and they've got just the interiors don't really hold up super well. I love the trucks themselves but i just think you get a better truck with the ford so i'm going ford 73 uh, in that uh dealer's choice so
0: but when it comes to engines though you do
1: prefer the 59 5-9. the 59 is a great engine but so is the 73 now if it was 59 versus a a 6 liter yeah go 59 all the time okay. if it's 59 versus 64 mm, a little closer now if 59 24 valve i'd go that way oh, so they kind of like okay. in my in my mind they're the kind of they skip back and forth depending they, on because okay. there's little they, little one, things are better okay. here and there. They and prog, yeah. the, the trucks eventually kind of you know the Rams obviously caught up to where the Fords were, especially with the new trucks. So uh, seven three five nine. I'm going seven three.
0: Okay. Mm.
1: Mm. Why would you go five nine? Like the sound. Yeah. Hard to beat. Yeah.
0: Man, you can't order a burger in a drive-through though. <laughs> no, you can't. Just <laughs> shut it down. Shut it down. What? Episode 116 at the 58-minute mark. It's a subject line from John Gamble. Nobody's been in this building for three and a half weeks. I assume by nobody, you mean Lightning and Holman? Oh, Ouch! wow. Keep up the good work while the rest of us can just sit at home and listen. Five stars. Five star review. Five stars. All right. Got an uh, email follow-up from Tim
1: Gilbert. If you remember, he sent the uh, know your note that we were wondering the Toyota mini truck. Oh, And we were wow. like, what is yes. it? Yes. Right?
0: And I scored. You scored. I said it was a mini. Uh, yeah.
1: All right. So 22R or 22RE? What's your uh, What's your poison there? I
0: don't even know that I know the difference, to be honest.
1: Uh, one's the carbureted, one's fuel injected.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: eh, it, it's uh, fuel injected. The Nardo Gray 86 Toyota Long Bed Extra Cab, know your note, is a two-wheel drive stock floor body drop on an old school static drop suspension. It is old school. Wow. Uh, it's a 22R carbureted with a 32-36 downdraft Weber on an Offy intake manifold. Dude, wow, that's like an old school, Offenhauser. That's awesome! Oh my god, that's really cool. Uh, in the clip, I just wonder had, where he even found that thing. I, I bet it probably came that way. Okay. Are we asking him more questions so he emails no, no, again? No, no, no. I don't know. No. no. <laughs> that, enough with the questions about the mini. Anyway, it says uh, in the clip, I just had Profab Florida. That's at Profab Florida on Instagram. Do an all-stainless front-to-back 2-inch stainless high-tech exhaust with eBay polished stainless mufflers. Headers to the roll pan with V-bands at <laughs> all connections.
0: stop right there. I love how he admits eBay.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Header to the roll pan with V-bands at all connections. My Instagram is at NCStaticX if people want to check out more. Thanks, guys, and five stars.
3: Five-star review! Five
0: stars!
1: By the way, my wife gave five stars she just doesn't know it.
0: <laughs> nice. And that's Amen. from
1: uh, Tim Gilbert checking back in on uh, the Know Your Note, which lightning uh, got right. I'm
0: uh, right-ish.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess I should have said carbureted. Oh, what do you do? Do you know what I've been thinking lately as I've been reading through our emails?
0: That we're bad? Well, no. <laughs> what happened to Declan? Was he uh, abducted? No. You know what? Declan started cursing a lot. <laughs> he, he had a potty mouth. Does he still listen to us? Probably or do we make him mad? We might have made him mad because we went to dad mode. Yeah, we kind of did. We we dad mode it out on him yeah. a little bit. Yeah, but like, dude, he's and so how old was Declan? I think fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Yeah, I just and, haven't heard from him in a while. I'm worried and, about his welfare. So here's the thing: is I don't. I'm not worried about his welfare. I think he's got good parents. I don't know <laughs> okay. his parents, but I'm just saying. I'd like to think he. Does. I just want people to know that we care about our listeners. We do. He's a young man, and I think he was. His reviews were very interesting and thoughtful. And he, he was, you know, he's spunky and smart. He he was developing into a young man, and he and he was like a little too much edge on him, I think. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wonder if he's still uh, doing, I wonder if he's still mowing lawns. Uh, on his riding lawnmower? Yeah, he got a John Deere riding lawnmower. You know who else I miss? I can't imagine. Our friend Tim Allen. Tim Allen. No, I see him all the time on Facebook. That's true. He's on social a lot. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, if you guys want to send us an email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, we actually like you guys. We read every single one. We, uh... We connect with you. Truck Show Podcast at gmail.com. All right, I've got something a little special for you. We're going to do a quick interview with a Nissan engineer to talk about the all-new 2020 Frontier drivetrain.
0: Wait, someone who knows something? Yes. Before you hit play, this sounds like an inside job. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's the inside job, baby. Yes, it uh-huh, uh-huh. It's the inside job, baby! It's time for you to share. You do. Uh-huh.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Holman, and I am here right now with uh, Milena Vasco, Vehicle Performance Development Manager with Nissan. Is that correct?
3: Yes, that's correct.
1: And how long have you been at Nissan?
3: Uh, almost 15 years. So you've
1: probably uh, touched a lot of great vehicles uh, in all your years of engineering, right?
3: I have. Trucks are by far my favorite. I've worked on trucks uh, for probably eight years now um, and they're definitely my favorite uh, vehicle program to work on.
1: So I think uh, the sort of the, the topic today is the fact that the 2020 Nissan Frontier has a brand new drivetrain and I don't think that we can underestimate the fact that this is the future drivetrain for the 21 Frontier. But you guys have decided to put it in the current body style truck prior to the new one coming out. That seems a little bit out of school of what a manufacturer might normally do. What did it take to get it into the new truck, and why was the decision made to bring the powertrain out before the next model?
3: One of the 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 things that we wanted to to focus on was um, making sure that we met that the customer demands and the 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 needs as well as the constantly changing uh truck market, both full size and mid-size, constantly changing at a very fast pace. Just very honestly, the new powertrain, it was ready and it was um, ready to, to get to the customer for uh, more power and better performance. Um, so when you have something ready, why not deliver it as soon as you can to the customer? We, waited, we didn't wait um, to put it in the next generation simply because of timing. Um, the next generation being a full model change, Um, Has a a lot more changing content and again the powertrain was ready So why not give the best performance you can to the customer as soon as possible?
1: If you're familiar with the Frontier today, you have the 2.5 liter four-cylinder as well as the 4.0 liter dual overhead cam V6 and Those powertrains are very familiar. They've been with the truck since launch The new powertrain is a 3.8 liter dual overhead cam, but it's also kind of unique in the sense that um, it has some different Upgrades to it like integrated exhaust manifold, the variable oil pump. It's also dual overhead cam, direct injected. Let's talk about that a little bit. I know that in the Nissan press release, it says that there's only about 93% parts commonality. Is the new 3.8 a new engine family? Is it, you know, how, how significant were those changes and what were some of the decisions made to meet the goals that you wanted to with the new powertrain?
3: So it is a new engine family. It's basically the the next generation of our our VQ40 engine now into a VQ38. So I think you touched on it, 93% of the parts are redesigned. Um, And basically, it's simply to make the vehicle or the engine um, more efficient. Um, It also allows us to pair this kind of updated newer engine um, with updated newer transmissions, which is also the key. Um, the outgoing five-speed transmission, five speeds just aren't really thing anymore, right? As it was performance-wise, nine speeds, 10 speeds, that sort of stuff is, is the future. Um, from an efficiency standpoint, from a comfort standpoint, and from a performance standpoint. So those were kind of the two the two main reasons why um, we moved to the updated engine was it, it was just time to to give us the updates so we could put newer things in like a newer transmission um, as well as getting the efficiency that we needed and then of course emissions plays a plays a big part in it as well right making sure that we're that we're constantly meeting um, the emissions requirements that are ever changing um, from the from the government side so um, those were the big I think, focus points of uh, the VQ-38 switching from the VQ-40 engine.
1: And I know you haven't announced efficiency numbers and fuel economy quite yet, but we were told that the new drivetrain is actually going to, or the new powertrain is actually going to be more efficient than the outgoing four-cylinder powertrain.
3: Yes, uh, that's correct. So we actually did just set fuel economy numbers um, yesterday uh, that I can share with you. Are we breaking news
1: here on the podcast?
3: breaking news. <laughs> oh, All
1: right. I love it. I love it.
3: So yeah, as you said, um, it is more fuel efficient than the outgoing uh, four-cylinder engine. Um, the two-wheel drive version has uh, will achieve 19 miles per gallon city, 24 highway, and 20 combined. And then the four-wheel drive version is 17 city, 23 highway, and 19 combined.
1: And of course, we're talking about the multi-speed transmissions. You guys have paired this with the nine-speed automatic, the JATCO transmission that if you're you're familiar with the 2020 Titan, you'll know that the nine-speed is sort of the the next generation of transmissions, especially the rear-wheel drive platform transmissions. Uh, What is the parts commonality between the Titan transmission and the Frontier transmission?
3: So from an actual uh, parts standpoint, it's the exact same transmission. Um, The only difference is the tuning to fit the size of the truck and the size of the engine. So Um, You will find uh, while driving the two back to back a lot of similarities, Um, but the gear, the gear spacing, um, meaning when you shift gears um, and the timing for the gear spacing is a little bit different between the two, just simply because, um, you know, the truck size and the engine size are different. Um, But other than that, the transmissions are the same.
1: And we love the 9-speed and the Titan. In fact, one of the things that we've talked about on the show and in my stories is, we actually love the old seven-speed transmission and didn't really feel like it needed to be upgraded but then when you drive the new truck with the nine yeah. speed you go okay i get it it's quicker passing and allows for a lower final drive ratios, so a little bit better off the line all those things i think it's important to note that with the transmission hardware being the same between the two trucks you're essentially getting a heavy duty class up size transmission in terms of capability in a mid sized truck so for people who are looking for reliability dependability and really work their trucks, they've got the hardware out of the half ton in their midsize truck with this powertrain.
3: One of the the comments that we we got occasionally was, you know, people saying that they didn't think there was anything wrong with the, the five speed that was in the previous um, gen. And while well, that's correct, you drive the nine speed and you just realize that it, it's much smoother. It always gets you in the correct gear. Having those four additional gears really makes a difference. Um, it's quicker off the line. And it's a lot more efficient, and it kind of gets you to where you need to be, and gets you in that sweet spot every time without extremely high RPMs or without any any delay or any hesitation.
1: Yeah, it's a great piece. I think it, it works really well with the uh, with the Titan. So I'm excited. We'll have a new 3.8 liter 2020 Frontier here to test in a couple of weeks. So I'm really looking forward to getting behind. And uh, I was I won't tell you the full circumstances, but I might have been in Tennessee. And I might have been next to, in the parking lot, a truck that looked like a 2019 and newer Frontier, but did not sound like a 2019 and older uh, Frontier when it started up. And I immediately looked over and went, oh, wait a minute, that's uh, that's not the four liter. (laughs) So I've, I've heard it. And I will tell you, it sounds just from something as simple as startup, sounds completely modern. It's super quiet and smooth. Just that it's amazing that, not even knowing anything about the truck, just hearing it on startup, it's it's completely different from, uh, from the four liter in terms of, uh, you know, an audio experience. Yes, absolutely. So, we haven't talked power. Um, I think it's important to note the 3.8 liter is a full 49 horsepower more than the outgoing four liter. They both have the same uh, 281 pound-feet of torque, but you're looking at 310 horsepower, which makes it, I believe, the highest standard V6 horsepower in the midsize truck market.
3: Yes, that is correct.
1: What is that, I, I, I don't know if we can get into driving impressions quite yet. Um, with that much power, what are the, what are the expectations that, that you are the goals you're setting for the end user, the buyer? What do you think that, that the new drivetrain will do with all else being the same in the truck, somebody going from an older frontier and getting a 2020? What will that experience be like for them? What kind of changes will they notice?
3: The, the zero to 60 time um, is one of the big things. Uh, it, it had about a 7% improvement. You notice that instantly, right? That's a common, very common driving scene um, for most people every day, taking off from a light or from a stop sign. Um, and we were very careful to balance the zero to 60 improvement um, and, and ensure that we didn't get jumpiness out of that, right? So having the nine, nine gears, you, you quickly move through your first few gears when you're in a, in a takeoff situation. And so we were very cognizant during development to make sure that, that the, the shifting throughout those gears was very smooth. Um, at the same time, not too jumpy off the line, um, but we were, we are able to see a significant zero to 60 improvement because of that increased horsepower. So that's something that the everyday driver is going to notice because everybody stops and everybody takes off from lights stops. stop signs. So um, really, we were really proud of the way that that turned out.
1: And I'm sure from an NVH standpoint as well, just overall quietness. And I would imagine that on longer drives, probably less fatiguing for the driver because, A, you have more horsepower, so you're you're not having to worry about keeping up speed, but also just the, the quietness and the smoothness of the engine, I'm sure, helps out quite a bit as well.
3: Yep, absolutely. So um, the the engine helps significantly uh, for quietness, but as does the transmission. Again, adding those four extra gears really helps um, you move through the, the gears quickly without your RPMs getting so high. And so that also gives the driver some confidence that you're not working the vehicle, um, you know, so hard. You're not hearing that kind of fatiguing noise you know, up at 4,000 or 4,500 RPM just to get it shift. You're, you're getting the shifts when you expect it um, without any additional stress to the driver.
1: How does it help with both towing and off-roading? So from towing, obviously, um, multi-speed transmissions get sh- keep you in the gear, and then off-roading, a lot of times, not only the final drive ratio can be lower, like we talked about, but also first gear is typically lower, giving you a better crawl ratio. How was the drivetrain, how does that, that improve the Frontier? in those sort of um, other things people, you know, beyond the daily driver, from whether off-roading and pleasure or towing and working, what are those types of improvements and differences like?
3: So the biggest is always being in the right gear without struggling to get there. And, and I know um, from all of our benchmarking and from all of the, um, the automatic transmissions that, that we've driven, that's often a struggle, especially when you're towing or um, off-roading trying to hold those low, lower gears is, does the vehicle deliver the gear that I want without a, without a lot of demand from me? How do I get into that gear and feel comfortable and confident while I'm driving? And that's one of the things that this Jackco 9-speed really is tuned well to do. What a customer would consider a reasonable input, um, it, it delivers the correct gear for your situation. So whether you're you know, you know, on a grade towing, it delivers the gear that you want to maintain the speed that you need to maintain um, for the flow of traffic so you don't feel like you're holding up traffic. Um, but it also does it without, again, without the struggle or the stress that comes to the driver um, from the high RPM or the high engine speed. It, it delivers that gear that you need. Um, same thing with off-roading. If you, you need to hold that lower gear, you have four additional gears to play with. So your first gear ratio is much lower mm-hmm. and and you're able to, to get that, the, the performance without the stress to the driver or the perceived stress to the vehicle um, to get that performance because mm-hmm. of the 980. And, and off-roading and towing were two areas that both for Titan and Frontier, we really focused on um, obviously it's a truck. You're going to use it for both of those purposes. And we know from some of our benchmarking and some, some customer feedback of uh, other other vehicles that that's really important. Always being in the right gear without that struggle or hesitation is really important.
1: And of course, in the Titan XD, the transmission allows for towing around 11,000 pounds. Clearly the, the frontier won't be that high. But one of the things I noticed is you guys have developed a really aggressive torque converter lockup in the tow haul mode setting, I noticed that with heavier weights, tow haul made a really big difference. Not only in pulling away without uh, the cl- the uh, torque converter slipping, but also just you could feel the transmission really lock up and and pull the load. I would imagine that even at the smaller trailer weights of a fr- that a Frontier owner might experience, they're still going to be uh, appreciative of, of of the towing mode with the new transmission.
3: So, one of the things that we're working on um, for the next generation frontier, not the, the 2020 but beyond, um, is that refining of tow mode. So, the 2020 frontier follows the same kind of similar logic as the outgoing um, generation from a tow mode standpoint, but moving into our new generation, our tow mode development is, is following the exact same kind of path that Titan did. Um, we believe the tow mode in Titan really delivered exactly what the customer wanted, both on XD and, um, and light duty. We spent a lot of time tuning it in the mountains and um, on really severe grades, uh, again, to make sure that it was always in the right gear and gave that confidence. And that's the same mentality and same development we're taking um, into the next generation frontier tomo development
1: Uh, i i can't tell the listeners what i know but i i can say that uh it's it's exciting news on on the horizon um the new 3.8 liter is actually assembled in deckard tennessee uh right alongside the 5.6 so it's an american-made engine for the american market uh is there anything worth talking about or or adding to that i think it's kind of cool that we're you know that engine is, is sourced here uh, in america
3: yeah just uh, just to expand on that you you mentioned it's it's american made for the american customer and that's that's also something that that we emphasize moving into the 2020 frontier and then the next generation frontier is designed specifically for the american customer i know that was a big um a big point for titan as well right the american titan yep. um this the frontier is is the same way it's it's not carry over or carry across from other uh, markets or other programs, it's what does the US truck customer want? Um, what are the things they love about the current frontier that we wanna maintain? What are the things that they'd love to see improved or, or added uh, to the next generation Frontier, and we really listened to the customer and made sure that it was designed for the American truck.
1: And there's a few differences, not, not a whole lot, but with the drivetrain, uh, you get a push-button start on the console, and the uh, there's a little bit more equipment. So the four-cylinder and manual transmission combination in the S model goes away, and all of the 2020 Frontiers will have the new drivetrain in it we're still looking at a late spring on sale date, so haven't quite announced that yet, but it's coming soon, right?
3: Yep, late spring. Um, and then, yeah, you, you touched on a little bit. Um, all, we, we now added push button start, uh, which is a huge improvement, kind of moving into to where we believe the segment is going and where the full size segment went. Um, additionally, we updated the, the meter So the meter has a has a kind of a refreshed look. the The outgoing frontier had a little bit more of a dated look. um, So we've updated the meter, um, given some
1: LED dot matrix sort of thing. Yes, (laughs) dot
3: matrix. Great way to describe (laughs) it. Yeah. I'm gonna miss
1: that. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. There's a little <laughs> bit of nostalgia there when you got into a twenty nineteen Frontier where it felt like an old friend, but uh, it's we can probably you get you data. just
3: the meter so you can <laughs> have it around somewhere. <laughs> so the the meter for Pro Four X will have some additional sty- additional styling cues. Um, you know, the the white face and, and the chrome trim. Um, additionally, all the vehicles get um, a leather shift knob. Um, the shifter was changed to go along with the 980. Um, so that translates to the customer for a, a leather shift knob on all vehicles. Um, as you mentioned, we did get rid of the I-4 and the manual transmission. And with that went some of the kind of the old school um, manual doors, manual windows. So all the vehicles do get standard power uh, door locks and standard power windows with all of them get auto up. So we did add some pretty significant features um, for the customer, obviously uh, a lot more feature improvement to come in the next generation.
1: So I guess the uh, the elephant in the room right now is will this powertrain go a million miles like Brian Murphy's 2007 Frontier and he's getting a 2020. So how confident is Nissan in the new powertrain to deliver him a second million mile truck And uh, how many development miles did you guys put on as engineers just through the process of making the new engine?
3: So we are very confident um, through since 2007 or since the uh, front previous generation Frontier came out, we've grown as a kind of a truck company, if you will. Um, we have improved our um, our standards um, specifically durability, but kind of our standards across the board to be very truck unique and truck specific and we see we see some of that in the in the titan but our durability cycles run a lot uh a lot longer they run a lot harder uh they tow a lot more and a lot uh more in extreme conditions um so we are extremely confident that this vehicle can go uh further than a million miles Um, (laughs) in terms of how many development miles i i would have to get back to you on that i actually don't know if we added it all up um, I know when we tried to add them all up for Titan, um, it took a long time to try to <laughs> get all of the different uh, avenues, right? Um, but we we definitely have updated our standards significantly, um, and and our vehicles, our our trucks specifically go through um, very rigorous testing again to try to um, capture that American truck customer requirement, right? Um, the truck customers use vehicles very differently than any other segment. Um, From towing and off-road to general driving, you know, letting vehicles idle for longer because they're on a job, you know, something like that. So um, we really have been very cognizant to make sure that we can deliver what the U.S. truck customer expects out of their truck.
1: Well, we are uh, excited to get behind the wheel of the 2020 Frontier and uh, test out the new drivetrain as a little bit of a hint of what's to come. So. Uh, we would love to have you back on when we have a little bit more news to talk about, uh, maybe in about a year from now or, or so. But there's a, there's a lot going on at Nissan. It's really exciting to, to see that you guys are, are constantly, you know, making improvements and raising the bar for your customers and delivering products like the Titan and Titan XD with a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, delivering a brand-new powertrain in the current generation Frontier because it was ready and making those decisions to to make that experience uh, for the customer even better so uh, we thank you again this is melena vasco who is the vehicle performance development manager for nissan and uh, thank you so much for making some time today
3: thank you very much anytime you'd like to chat i love to talk about trucks and i'm very passionate about it so anytime all
1: right, all right well, well we'll have you back on because as it turns out we also like to talk about trucks so <laughs> i think it's a uh, I think it's a good partnership so Thank you once again, and uh, we will catch up soon.
3: Thank you very much. The Truck Show.
0: The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Room. Room. Yeah. That's just sad. It's a sad song. We need <laughs> happy sad. songs right now. Yeah. I'm glad we played the happy jingle and not the depressing one before her. Yeah, no. That, it's just...
1: As much as I like a worky work work,
0: mm-hmm. it's just too, the overall song is just too sad for yeah, it is. the
1: mood of the country right now. If you know
0: the band Joy Division from the 80s, it's kind of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, well, hey, on that note. He got his fill. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what we need from you. You're home. You're quarantined. You got plenty of time to hop on the computer and write us truckshowpodcast at gmail.com The Truck Show The Truck Show The Truck Show And
1: don't forget to uh, let us know uh, what truck was your favorite one that you wish you never got rid of, or make a new jingle of the Truck Show Podcast. We'll uh, give you props on the air and talk about your band. Have we gotten one yet? No, just our surf one. Ah. Which was awesome. Hmm.
0: I mean, how many... I don't know how many listeners we have. We have a lot, but how many of them are in bands? I don't know. And of those of those people that are in bands, how many of them are willing to violate a quarantine to get <laughs> together to write a song for Well, us. maybe we just need an acoustic version. That'd be interesting. So just a solo dude with a guitar? Maybe. Okay. I'll take it.
1: Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com or 657-205-6105,
0: and you can leave a message on the five-star hotline. All right, so here's where we need to thank Nissan. They have been so awesome and so supportive for, are we going on, it's over two years now, right? Yeah, going on year number three. Oh my gosh, that is a uh, psycho. Anyway, support your friends at Nissan. If you can, get down to a dealer. Uh, if not, go to NissanUSA.com and check out the brand new Titan or the Frontier. With a new engine and a new transmission, you got to get your hands on the new frontier. Uh, I'll actually be getting my hands on a new
1: frontier. You
0: are what? What? Yeah, and I've got a uh, loan coming up in a couple of weeks, so we'll be able to do a truck review of it. Uh, can you tell me more about it uh, after I drive it? Sure. No, but I mean, like, you know what you're getting. What? would
1: I know. I just know variant? that I'm, I'm getting the new, just a 2020 frontier with the new powertrain.
0: So I'm excited. Okay, it's gonna be awesome. Is so, this gonna be our adventure off road to go uh, find a restaurant or some nope. little podunk town? Nope. I'm done. Uh, done asking you to do stuff with me. Oh, really? Mm. after one time i couldn't go i mean that was the most important time that what do you mean why was that the most important time (laughs) just it was uh
1: yeah you'll you'll never oh you know what let me let me back up maybe if we put a deck system in the back you can ride in the drawers i would i would
0: (laughs) no i wouldn't ride in the drawer i would would jump on top though (laughs) would you ride on top no here's what i would do I would put my uh, – I'd, I'd borrow a buddy's Raptor, like a yep. Yamaha Raptor. Yep. And we'd strap it down with tie-downs uh-huh. and just to show everybody that you could still have 2,000 pounds on top. And, I mean, a Raptor doesn't weigh 2,000 pounds. But with my fat ass, it would be on top, and then I would have you off-road with me on the Raptor. That way you have some sort of uh, cushioning. And, I, and I'm holding on, yeah, because it's got the suspension of uh-huh. the Raptor up and – And you're inside doing whoops. And I'm holding onto the, onto the Raptor, which is holding onto the deck system. Uh, does the Raptor come with the OBD2 port? Uh, n- I don't think there can, bus. So,
1: no. Well, if we do that, then you have to be my eyes and ears for the guy stuck out in the middle of the desert who has a uh, check engine light on. And then. We will come. Does that happen, by the way, a lot? I mean, I've come across people out there, so I'm going to say that uh, our trip is going to be to find
0: that guy, clear his code, and get him on his way, saving his life. So we're going to go through the desert on yes. on, on dusty desert trails, yeah. in looking a new for In a Frontier. In yes. a frontier, looking With for a system somebody. With in the back. Looking for somebody in limp mode. Yes, so that we can take <laughs> out our Inova scanner. Clear and, the code. Clear the code. And be heroes. And send them on their way.
1: We could be out there for
0: weeks <laughs> looking for that
1: guy. Well, I'm going to give it a 12-hour limit. Okay, If we can't find him, then we know that the world is safe for yet another day.
0: Look, if you've got a check engine light or you want to know why your truck is running rough, go to innova.com. That's innova.com. I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think as a show, we are the check engine light? Yes.
1: Yeah, and there's <laughs> nobody that's fixing us. No.
0: Oh, lightning. Yeah. Almost forgot. What? Uh, at truck show podcast on social. Yeah, or email us, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, hey, yeah. you want a truck show podcast t-shirt, store.motortrend.com. Why are we whispering?
1: Because the show's over. <laughs> so, so
0: they can't hear us? Hey, did you hear? I did what? $1 a month, motortrendondemand.com, or the Motortrend app. $1 a month, do it. I think you're reading that wrong. There's no way that's true. If you're bored and at home, listen to this show. Then go watch TV or the Motortrend app. Do it. How did the drug show podcast turn into ASMR? Oh, don't even rub your beard against the... Oh, that's creepy. (laughs)